Welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha, a podcast shared by David Roylance. This podcast is dedicated to guiding you to completely eliminate the discontent mind and the suffering it causes by attaining enlightenment. Learn and practice the teachings of Gotama Buddha that will guide you to fully attain a peaceful, calm, serene, and content mind with joy. To support this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha or visit buddhadailywisdom.com where you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online learning resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Now, here's our teacher to share more. สวัสดีครับ. Hello and welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha. Today is our group learning program where we come together to study the teachings of the Buddha using this book, Developing a Life Practice, The Path That Leads to Enlightenment. This is volume one of the book series titled The Words of the Buddha. In this program, we focus on going chapter by chapter each Sunday and helping you to understand the teachings of the Buddha to establish a really nice foundation and framework in order to develop your life practice and move the mind closer and closer to this enlightened mental state. So I'd like to welcome all of you, whether you're joining us for the first time or you join regularly, I'd like to welcome everybody to our class. Today's class is about chapter two. And chapter two in the book is titled, Why Study Gautama Buddha's Teachings? If you've already read this chapter, then you understand thoughts that I had about why one might study Gautama Buddha's teachings. And you might have already read that, or if you plan to read that after class, you'll see my thoughts on why I would suggest for somebody to study Gautama Buddha's teachings. But rather than me teach you and share with you what I've already shared in the book, I usually do this class very differently than I do other classes. Where other classes, I will share the topic of the chapter and I will teach you and use visual aids and take questions and all these different things. Here, six weeks into this group learning program and having restarted this program six weeks ago, this is kind of an opportunity for us to come together and have a really nice discussion where we're able to interact with each other. Whether you're in Facebook, YouTube, or Zoom, or any of the other places that we're live streaming to, or whether you're watching this on the replay, this is an opportunity for us to have a discussion and get to know each other. I consider every single class session, I consider it a discussion. I don't think of it as a lecture or a discourse or anything like that or like a sermon or anything like that. Instead, it's always a discussion because I'm sharing certain content with you, opening up to questions and you guys are asking questions and I'm helping you by providing answers to those questions. But today's class, the way I usually do it is it's just really a pure discussion where I even just turn the class over to all of you students and provide you an opportunity to raise your hand in Zoom and decide to share a little bit about yourself, you know, where you live, who you are, what you do. Why is it that you have chosen to study the teachings of the Buddha? Because if you've read the chapter or you plan to read this chapter, then you understand why I've chosen to learn and practice and teach the teachings of the Buddha. And as you learn these teachings more and more through the various resources that I share, you'll understand that more and more clearly why I've chosen to share these teachings and study these teachings. But as a teacher, I'm interested in understanding you and why have you chosen to study the teachings of the Buddha. So if you're normally logged in through Facebook or YouTube or some of the other platforms that we 
live stream to, I would like to invite you to come into Zoom where you can meet other students who are here and attending the classes regularly because here in Zoom, you can very easily raise your hand and share openly and we can have a discussion together. If you're in Facebook or YouTube, you can still participate in the discussion by putting your thoughts into the comment section and one of the moderators will share what it is that you've written. But if you would like to come into Zoom and meet the people here that are gathered together in this virtual classroom, it's a really great time for us now, six weeks into the program, to be able to really just have a nice informal chat and getting to know each other and some different backgrounds about where we are living, you know, what we are doing in the world, how is it that the Buddhist teachings are improving our life and the things that we're experiencing as a result of learning the teachings, and why is it that you've chosen to study? So if you would like to participate, you can, in Zoom, just raise your hand electronically and one of the moderators will call on you and be sure that you have an opportunity to share a bit about your background and who you are and why you've chosen to study the teachings of the Buddha. I might have some questions for you to get to know you. It's a great opportunity for us to interact with each other. And again, if you are in YouTube or Facebook, you're welcome to come into Zoom, but you're also welcome to put those same comments into those sections and the moderators will share that for you here in our class. So I'll just turn the class over to all of you guys and specifically the moderators to be able to guide us through and providing an opportunity for various students to be able to share as they would like to share. Just raise your hand in Zoom or submit those into the comment section and the moderators will be sure to share that for you. Thank you, Teacher David. Um, I don't see anyone's hands hand raised, so I will go first. <laughs> um, my name is Chrissy. I live in Michigan, um, as far north of Michigan as you can get. We actually border Canada, really cold, lots of snow. Um, I'm a single mom with three kids, and I run my own cleaning business. Um, what brought me to learning the Buddhist teachings is I wanted to learn how to be calm and peaceful um, in a very uncalm and peaceful environment. So I started searching things on the internet and came up with Teacher David's podcast first and started listening to them and um, connected with him, heard his life story first and um, realized that we had a lot in common in our upbringing that I thought, man, this, at the time, I was thinking, this dude can really help me. <laughs> so um, I realized not only was I going to learn how to be calm and peaceful with his help, but how to develop better relationships with the people around me. I was unaware at the time that I had pushed a lot of people away, and a lot of people um, I didn't know how to interact with a lot of people in a great way. So this has really helped me with that. Um, but most importantly, um, the biggest thing that I wanted to learn was how to be a good mom. Um, to my children, they had already experienced enough um, from the world and from our home negativity, and I wanted them to be in a more positive, loving environment um, and the world around me was not 
I didn't have the tools necessary to do that. And teacher David and this path has definitely been um, giving me the tools to do all of those things. Um, but not just be me, but my children. Um, it's amazing to look back. <clears throat> I have a 21 year old who will sometimes refer to teacher David's teachings. Um, and my 12 year old who also will remind us of teacher, teacher David and um, the teachings of the Buddha and how to be single-minded and um, doing one thing at a time. And um, then my seven-year-old daughter who also is learning and comes a little easier to her for some reason, but <laughs> um, it's definitely, we see so much progress that um, it, it's very encouraging, shocking and encouraging that I've spent 41 years of my life doing um, spinning in circles <laughs> until I've um, found this. I've never been exposed to um, the Buddha or the teachings of the Buddha before then. Um, I was brought up very Catholic, so I had to do a lot of work with Teacher David. I was thinking I was sinning by even being in one of these classes. Um, and through, it, it's been almost two years with uh, working with Teacher David and learning the path of the Buddha. Um, my family's accepted it. My um, parents have accepted it. And life is a lot more peaceful. <laughs> Can I ask you some questions, Chrissy? Yes. Okay. What are some of the key things that you've learned in those two years? What are the, some of the key things that have helped you in your life with relation to the teachings of the Buddha? Right speech. <laughs> right speech was a big one. Um, we sat down many times and wrote out the five factors of right speech. We have them hanging on the wall in the kitchen. Um, that's something that... Uh, I would need to refer to back, refer back to, um, because I would go down the old path a lot. Um, practicing the pause, knowing the right time. Um, there was always a tendency to just plow right through and get to the bottom of everything, fix everything, um, talk too much, too fast. Where now there's a bit of a pause and thinking things through. Um, right action. Uh, I have gone um, vegetarian, almost vegan. I still struggle with cheese. <laughs> um, I didn't understand that that was causing harm. I grew up on a farm. Um, I have families, uh, family members that have a farm. Um, and I think it was possible for a body to survive without meat. I was told, eat your meat, you have to eat your meat. Um, so now, um, feeling much better, not eating animal flesh, um, is very encouraging. Cutting out the caffeine, um, feels so much better and makes it easier for me to practice right speech when I'm not strung out on caffeine. <laughs> um, 
I know there's so much more. I know I'm forgetting some, but. <laughs> it's okay. You share whatever you'd like to share. In the two years that you've studied, can you think about any particular challenges or obstacles that you experienced and how you overcame those? And what was it that helped you to overcome those? Yes. Um, well, there, there's a few. It's, it's not easy, but I still struggle with um, making and finding the time to practice a regular meditation. I see the benefit of it. Um, I feel the benefit of it, but I make excuses. Oh, there's so much to do. The kids need something. Um, and making that a priority. Um, that is the biggest um, because I think that is, I find the biggest benefit all the way around when I practice the meditation. Um, but another struggle is trying to teach and guide the children when I'm still learning and have so much to learn, um, which makes me so grateful to have your help and guidance where I can reach out and where my kids feel comfortable reaching out to you when they need help. Um, so we're very grateful. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing, Chrissy. This is um, <clears throat> nice, I think, for other people to get to know you and to know a bit about your background. I, I remember there was a time where my wife went to America for three months and I was here as a single dad for three months with just one child at the age of, I think he was seven or eight at the time. And that was really challenging. I was challenged to find time to meditate too. <laughs> so I can understand with three children, it can be quite challenging and you're working and you're self-employed. So you're doing what it is that you're able to do, right? You, you create space in your life. And as you do, then you're able to bring more and more of the teachings into your life. And this is where it's helpful to know that we're all on our own independent journey, right? We're not comparing ourselves of one person to the other. We all have different lives. We all make different decisions and whatever you're choosing for your life, it's the right things. And that's important for you. And you're seeing the results and benefits in that. And you know, you'll progress at whatever pace you need to progress and you do that comfortably for yourself. So thank you for sharing. If, if other people have questions for each other, you guys can ask each other questions too. It doesn't need to just be me asking questions. You guys can ask each other questions as well. A true discussion, like we're all sitting around a circular table and we're all just having a, a chat. That's really what this is all about. We're just doing it virtually online. So thank you for sharing, Chrissy. And thank you for moderating and all the things that you do to help support the community. You're welcome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It looks like Max has his hand raised. Let's go to him. He's got a little baby there. <laughs> <laughs> Your mute's still on, Max. There we go. I had to find the screen. So I'm Max. Uh, I'm in Nebraska. Uh, this is my... Uh, getting your four-year-old daughter, uh, her twin brother is here as well, putting on a nurse's outfit. <laughs> um, they keep me very busy. Uh, I started learning the teachings of Buddhism about... Um, let's say probably 
eight years ago or so, but didn't find teacher David until what's it been maybe a year and a half or two years ago and then really started uh yes you can have an orange (laughs) uh didn't really start uh diving deep into uh your teachings until maybe like a year ago being you know having teacher david being focused my you know priority focused teacher um and it's been uh very wonderful and my life has turned around i've had you know in the past i've been very uh i was very controlling and um you know had troubles in relationships and um uh you know struggled with relationships and uh just you know depression and anxiety and everything and it's helped significantly (laughs) so thank you i think that's about all the time i've got (laughs) looks like you're getting some medicine there max (laughs) but apparently i am you're getting some treatment from the nurse (laughs) all right well I, I won't ask you any questions then because it seems like you're pretty occupied there. So thank you for sharing. It's, it's nice for others and for myself to get to know more about you, Max. Thanks a lot for, for sharing. Thank you, Max. Um, looks like Tonka has her hand raised. Let's go to her. Hello, everybody. My name is Tonka and uh, I live in Kitchener, Ontario, Canada. I came from Europe. Croatian background. Actually, we came as refugees to Canada 27 years ago because there was a civil war in my country. So um, it was uh, it was rough, like going through uh, through the war, coming to a new country, not speaking the language. We came here. Uh, with uh, two small children, $200, and two suitcases to start a brand new life. So it was it was rough, but I'm very, very happy to say that uh, I feel uh, blessed to live in Canada. My children are grown up now. Uh, both of them are married, and I have a little uh, granddaughter. My marriage uh, fall apart. 20 years ago, so I was mainly raising my children myself. So I think because of the outside circumstances, I kind of became, I felt like I had to be tough. I had to be, to make things happen, to to be in the world. I had to protect myself and my children. So uh, now I find that uh, Buddhist teaching is helping me uh, the most to kind of uh, get rid of those barriers that I kind of built around myself, feeling that I, I had to protect us because we went through so much. And I feel that I'm softening, which feels so good uh, to kind of, uh, I feel so much safer now uh, knowing no, others can't hurt me. I'm I'm the one hurting myself. 
realizing where this contentedness is actually coming from that uh, ultimately it's all coming from us and um, that uh, we are actually in charge we can improve our life by understanding uh, where all it is coming from and um, as long as uh, we are treating others uh, 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 well that's all we can do and uh, and that's more than good enough so uh, I've been interested in spirituality all, almost all my life like since early 20s, I ran into uh, some uh, 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 teachings uh, which uh, I became uh, very, very interested in. That led me uh, to following many different spiritual teachers. And I related to all of them, but nobody gave me some solid instructions what to do. Um, I feel in this group with teacher David, uh, I have, I know what to do. I have a, a eightfold path that I can always go back to. Like there is something concrete. I, I know what to do. All other teachings were very mental, very, uh, very like, you know, people are talking about uh, enlightenment experiences. They had this experience, that experience. But then uh, nobody, uh, I mean, not nobody, but people that I follow, they don't talk about everyday living. They don't talk about challenges that we meet. They don't talk about morality, which I find crucial. Like that was kind of my uh, eye opening. Oh, this is a lot to do, like right intention, right action. Like all of those things are so connected with spirituality, all these worldly things, we can't separate them. It's not like spirituality is one thing and our everyday living is another. It's all so interconnected. So I feel that Buddhist teaching kind of crowns me down and uh, it's, uh, it's very, very applicable in everyday life, which I appreciate very much. And um, I've been following uh, uh, this path uh, not even a, a year, maybe nine months or something like that. And I already feel the difference in my relationships at my workplace. Like, I don't, uh, I used to uh, feel some tensions a lot of times that were caused by wrong speech, mainly. Now uh, it's less and less. I uh, now like um, even with uh, my children, I notice because I treat them differently with much, much more respect. At least I show them that respect much more. I notice that they are doing the same back to me. It was very, very interesting to see. So yeah, I'm I'm really grateful and. Uh, I understand this is a life practice and this is something that uh, we just, uh, we just, uh, this is a lifestyle. And uh, at the beginning, I was very, very eager. I tend to get very passionate about something and I jump on it and I needed to learn to, to calm myself down. 
uh, teacher David told me a few times, like, hey, take some time, you, you just started here. So, uh, so I'm learning to, 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 to take it a day at a time. And uh, uh, at this uh, uh, stage of my life, I'm okay because uh, I live by myself and I have enough free time. So I have my routine in the morning. I read, uh, uh, right now I'm reading volume two because we are studying that on Saturdays. I read, then I meditate, and uh, this this gives me a lot of stability and a lot of, um, a lot of peace, brings me a lot of peace. So thank you very much for everything you you did for us so far, Teacher David, and, and the whole Sangha. I find that people are very, very genuine, which, which is really, really nice, because uh, in my immediate surrounding, there is not many people that are interested in this kind of topic, so it feels good to, to talk to others and see that there is people that resonate with the same message and uh, and uh, we can connect on Facebook, we can, uh, you know, like, uh, we can uh, make friendship through, through internet. That's why internet is amazing, because you feel like uh, you know each other. Uh, I mean, we do, we do, because we exchange maybe more personal things here than uh, with, uh, with, with, with our neighbor or with our co-worker. Yeah, thank you for sharing, Tonka. You were starting to talk a little bit about an obstacle where like originally you had like this overwhelming eagerness to learn and hurry up and progress and you were able to kind of deal with that a bit. Are there other obstacles that you encountered or have encountered so far? Or would you like to talk a little bit more about what led you to being able to overcome that particular obstacle that could maybe help some other people as well? I find that meditation uh, is uh, just, uh, it's very slow process, but I believe meditation is uh, what is doing it. Uh, meditation is awesome just, just for everything, just uh, for, uh, for um, softening the cravings. That's a craving, like that eagerness to learn uh, very fast. It, it's all craving. Uh, reflected in a different way. So I find that uh, meditation and reflecting too, like I try to um, spend some time reflecting too and writing things down as well. And just that kind of grounding. And uh, uh, I used to live a lot in my head. So now I try to use my five senses like uh, I try to go for a walk, I won't use my uh, earphones or listen to anything else, just to connect to nature, to listen, to be present, just to be present with whatever is happening. That kind of grounds me, that uh, takes me out of my head into my body. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, like it just, it just calms the whole nervous system, I feel. So I think uh, spending as much time in nature and uh, just, I remind myself 
come to your body, use your senses. What do you feel? What do you hear? What do you see? You know, like that. I find that that helps me to ca- to calm the the mind uh, activities. Okay, thank you, and thank you for moderating. And I know you, Max, and Chrissy, and others have been helping with moderation. So I appreciate all your help to support the classes. Of course. And- allow me to continue to teach while you guys are taking care of the questions and stuff. So I appreciate that. Are there other people who would like to share? Yes, it looks like Joanne has her hand raised. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Um, Joanne, I um, I live in Las Vegas, uh, originally from England, but I've been here for about 25 years. Um, my journey is actually a little similar to Tonka as far as I've been dabbling in spirituality for probably the last 10 years, a bit of a spiritual junkie going from teacher to this podcast to this book. And it just all seemed so, there was all, a lot of truth, but no consistency and a lot of ego and a lot of personality that I was just parts of it seemed very disingenuous and I just really wanted to strip it down and get back to basics. And um, I've been really actively looking for uh, the right teacher and um, somebody who didn't want to charge me $2,000, $3,000 to do this class or that class. And um, I put that intention out and then I found you, Teacher David. Um, Originally, I thought that you only did retreats and lessons in Thailand. So I'm like, okay, next year I'm gonna get ready. I'm gonna go to Thailand. And then I found this beautiful uh, Zoom class. And um, that was it. I'm like, okay, I'm ready. This is it. So uh, my main reason for doing this is to calm my monkey mind. I'm an analyzer. I'm a, my job is a paralegal, an immigration paralegal. So I have to be thinking in a lot of places, a lot of the time at work, but I wanted to be able to come back to this center point and be grounded and centered, uh, especially for my clients, just so I could be a calming, a calming person for them to have in their life. And also for my children, Mm -hmm. I wanted them to have a very, um, a solid foundation as they grow up, they're teenage girls. So think it's going to be really helpful for them too. So I've really tried to let go of everything, not everything, but let go of a lot of the stuff that I've been learning and just really come back and start from the basics and really just focus as we go through slowly, slowly. And that's been my challenge too. I want to be the best, you know, straight away. I want to dive deep in and do as much as I can. And that's been my exercise is just being kind to myself and knowing that there's so much to learn and there's always going to be so much to learn. Yes, indeed. When did you start joining the classes here? Uh, just this, this session, this, uh, this course. Oh, this is the very so first. Six weeks. Oh, six weeks. Yes. You started at the beginning of the group learning program. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So as you guys join, you know, if you're joining in zoom or other places, you know, I'm, 
focused on teaching so i'm not seeing who's logging in because the list is usually kind of long and i don't go through and look at each individual person who's joining i don't keep tabs on you guys right it's just <laughs> if, if there's people here that would like to learn then i teach and if there's not people here then you know there's there's not people here but that's interesting to know that you've been joining regularly over the last six weeks because this is the first time that we've had a chance to interact so uh, nice to meet you and pleased that you found uh, these classes and pleased to help you and as you need help feel free to reach out okay thank you so much thank you you're welcome you're welcome nice to meet you all right are there other people who would like to share thank you um, it looks like max has his hand raised again so let's go to him i just wanted to kind of uh touch on what uh some others have said Tonka and Joanne and so forth that like the like your teachings have been very like you know they're a lot easier to follow they're clear and concise and instead of being you know for some of us that may be scatterbrained or you know have trouble focusing or whatnot or don't know you know we, we know that we have a muddled mind or whatnot um but it's just that your way of teaching and the books and everything and everything that you offer is is you know just so easy to follow and uh clear and um like okay what am i doing wrong oh yeah that you know i've this has been like pounded in my head you know so much and it's just like you know these are the steps and this is what i need to do and everything's so clear so i think that's what uh, has helped me and probably a lot of others. So that's really all I wanted to say. Yeah, please, please to help you, Max, and everyone else. Hopefully, you're not feeling like anything I share is being pounded into your head. <laughs> I'm sure that's just a saying that you probably use in different ways. <laughs> it's just being repetitive. Like the teachings are repetitive, and so it's just like I hear it, and that's like what I need. You know, I just hearing it multiple times, multiple times. Like, okay, yes. You know, that's what I need to be doing or why not? Yeah, that's one of the key ways to learn in an oral tradition. You know, the Buddha taught orally, so he would oftentimes use repetition in his teaching. So you might hear that as I teach, that I use repetition as well. So if anybody gets anything out of a class that they learn with me, they must know that enlightenment, the mind is peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy. Because I say that over and over and over again to just remind people. And then as I'm teaching, I tend to kind of weave things in and say them repetitively to help the mind because the mind being muddled and having pollution, it's oftentimes hard for it to retain what it's hearing and what it's learning. So the way that you break through that as a teacher is you say things repetitively to be able to help students to learn and retain what it is that you're sharing. So that sounds like it's working for you, Max. Yes, thank you. Um, we have a few hands raised. So let's go to Joe. Hello. My name is Joe. Um, I live in Arizona, Prescott, Arizona, right now. Um, I spent most of my life in Virginia on the East Coast. Um, I live here with family, um, a, what, a four-year-old and a five-year-old. Um, my wife, is our partner, is Bosnian. She also moved here about 27 years ago from the conflict over there. Um, and I 
I guess I started following because I don't think I've ever lived my life in the moment ever. Um, I'm sort of always thinking or worrying or, you know, just, I don't know. When I look back, it's just, you know, it's a big muddled mess, <laughs> as I like to say. Um, so I really just needed to, you know, slow down um, and just start, you know, I don't know, trying to just, I don't know, clear my mind. And um, and I started following you because, well, you were from, or you seemed to be from Virginia and you were, you know, sort of living an everyday life like one of us might live. And so that might be, you know, you'd be able to provide some practical application to, you know, because you've lived this, you know, life in America as well. Um, and then also my kids, you know, their little mirrors running around, uh, reflecting all my, you know, baggage. Um, so that, you know, uh, so that makes me, you know, start to think. And um, also, I'm, you know, I made it this far in life because of other people's generosity. Um, a lot of that. Um, so, yeah, I did, you know, want to learn how to give back and just, I guess, be a better person. I don't, you know, so my, you know, kids will be better too, I guess. <laughs> Very good. What I'm kind not of, a great public speaker. What, what kind of work do you do, Joe? Uh, I'm a carpenter or a cabinet maker right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. So, I knew that about you. That's why I asked because I, I think that's very interesting yeah. that you work with your hands and work with wood and yeah. do those kind of things. And you build houses too, right? Well, I have, and I'm in the process of building our guest home here um, in Prescott. Uh, we're going to live in that, and it'll only be 750 square feet. So hopefully, we don't have to do it too long. So I plan on we plan on living in there for a year just to stop paying rent because it's it's pretty crazy here um and then we'll build a you know bigger house um once we move in there so yeah nice my life is kind of you know <laughs> it's a battle <laughs> yeah how how are things going in the classes for you so far i remember one time you <clears throat> mentioned that it felt a little bit overwhelming with so much content how are things starting to feel now are you still feeling overwhelmed are you feeling like you know what to do on a, on a daily basis? Um, I know a little bit better. I'm slightly overwhelmed, you know, like I said, I just need to slow down and focus on one point, you know, maybe in the evil path, or, you know, something like that. And I was telling you the other day that someone, you know, was in line ahead of me with um, like 75 items in their cart in a 15 item lane, you know, and it was like driving me nuts. Um, and stuff like that isn't bothering me as much. I, I've noticed the road. I don't have road rage, but I, you know, things will upset me on the road, like everybody. And it's actually helping with that too. I noticed it just comes like, well, that's you know, that's their business sort of thing. Um, so, so you're noticing some benefits already. Yeah, yeah. Meditating is tough, um, especially for me. Um, I can make a lot of excuses, but it's just you know. I, I started with two or three times a day, maybe 10 minutes, and I'm slowly trying to work up to 15. Um, and so hopefully that's okay. <laughs> I'm sure it's better than nothing, um, but it helps and I'm getting there. 
Yeah, everybody's at their own place. You know, that's the beauty of this path is it's all an independent journey. And wherever you are, that's where you are. And you know what the goal is and you just gradually work towards that. As I've mentioned in classes, I know some students sometimes take six months, a year or longer to build up to a 30 minute meditation session, you know, two or three times a day. So there's no threshold. There's no, there's no litmus test. There's no expectation. It's, you know, this is what you would like to build up to. This is what you'll, where you'll see the most benefits. And then you just gradually work towards that on your own pace. And what I'd really like to do is be present um, during this, you know, last three minutes. I'm, you know, it's like I'm black, you know, <laughs> talk to you guys. Um, so, and, you know, for everything, just enjoying little moments in life. Um, uh, yeah, that's my biggest, like, struggle. It's just, yeah, being there. Yeah. So, one of the things I can share since you brought this up about public speaking is, Oftentimes what we do when the mind is unenlightened is when there's an uncomfortable experience, we push it away. You know, if we're shy or we have that personal existence view or we don't want to be perceived a certain way, we tend to push away a situation and we think that that's going to solve the problem. But what you learn as part of these teachings as we go further into this program is by actually putting the mind into the situation that it's most uncomfortable with that this will actually help the mind to become comfortable with it. Now, we're not talking about, you know, going to a a drug den or a gambling den or something like that, but things that are wholesome. If somebody, for example, in this class, if you tend to be shy and you don't like to public speak and you don't like to be talking in public, then what you might tend to do is you might tend to kind of be reserved and and pull back and kind of like stay in the corner a bit. And the mind thinks that this is what's actually solving the problem. But what you learn in the path to enlightenment is that actually in these situations, it's an opportunity for you to put the mind in the situation that it would otherwise hide from and push away. And instead, by putting your mind in that situation, it actually helps you to become more comfortable. So if there's anybody who's in Zoom or in YouTube or Facebook who's feeling that way, where you're a little bit shy and you're a little bit hesitant of actually stepping forward like some of these other people have and decided to share, you'll actually find that you can overcome any kind of fears or feelings that you're having, uncomfortable feelings, by choosing to talk a little bit. And this is actually part of your practice uh, where you're putting the mind in the situation that it otherwise finds uncomfortable. And then by doing that, you gain some comfort and it becomes easier and easier for you to perhaps public speak at some point in the future. So thank you all for those of you guys that have been offering to talk because I think this helps your practice, right? It's helping you to overcome any kind of hesitation or obstacles that you might be experiencing so this is wonderful i admire people who choose to break through those walls and puts the mind in the situation that it otherwise might feel uncomfortable with so good job joe good job thank you one more thing on that everyone else on that oh sorry no i was just saying joanne tonka max chrissy it looks like we have some more hands up you know congratulations to all of you guys for choosing to not allow the mind to keep you in the shadows and stepping forward into the light to share. You had something else you were going to share, Joe? Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, I was going to say that, yeah, I was, at the beginning of this class, I was thinking, well, I was thinking more about should I share 
than I was listening to the people speak and paying attention to that. So I figured the remedy to that is to, you know, share. And that way I don't have to think about it and I can pay attention and focus on this. So thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you. Nice to get to know you a little bit and for other people to get to know you. Because for some of you guys, I've spent time where you guys have scheduled appointments with me personally and I've gotten to know you, you know, personally. But it's always wonderful for you guys to get to know each other as well. So this is this is a wonderful class to be able to do that in. So thank you. Yes, thank you. I actually had to listen two times before being able to share this time. Um, and I was able to do the chanting because the words were already there, right? But to think of my own words, um, that's a bit more challenging. So thank you. Um, and it looks like Nadia has her hand raised. Let's go to her. If you want, uh, well, I'm one of those. Um, you know, I logged in Facebook this morning instead of Zoom, so I didn't have to, to talk. So <laughs> here I am. Uh, so my name is Nadia. I'm uh, actually Canadian uh, from the French part, so French the, from Quebec, actually the French part of Canada. Um, I've been in this process only from since January. So this is uh, completely new for me. Um, and the reason I started doing, um, attending the classes is basically I have a mind that never stops. Um, it goes around and around and around and I never get anything done. So basically I'm trying to use meditations and it doesn't work because my mind never stops. And then someone talked to me about uh, Buddhism and I've looked into it and I really um, liked what I saw. And then I found, uh, I found David. <laughs> And here I am. So it's um, it's a bit of a challenge uh, in the sense that trying to focus on one thing is difficult for me. So I'm trying to basically focus on my thoughts and just um, <clears throat> the rightful thoughts, if I if I can say so. Just being positive and being um, um, in a um, sorry, I just have different words that come to mind. Um, being good, good in my thoughts. You no, know, not not some bringing people down, or just being uh, kind to people in my head, which is not always um, easy. So that's um, that's a little bit why I'm here. Um, it's going to be much easier if uh, I'm if David David asks me questions. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, that's a bit easier. Yeah. Yeah, I can ask you questions. What um what do you do in Quebec? Um, I've actually just um I just came back. I I left last year. I took a I um I took a sabbatical last year and I left and I just came back and I work with um the government, the the part of the government that deals with flooding because we have lots of floods in uh, in Quebec. So I'm basically working behind a computer and, and helping people financially when I can. I see. That's what I do. Do you live alone or do you live with other people? Do you have children? Uh, I live on my I live on my own. Um, I just I'm in the 
at this point I'm in a small temporary place because last year I just sold everything I had and I left uh, looking for myself yes <laughs> uh, so I live alone I don't have a, a spouse or kids so I really I, I am on my own at this point okay what point in the program did you join the classes uh, at the beginning uh, completely at the beginning uh, so in January, early January, I think it mm -hmm. started. That's when I joined. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw your program towards the end of last year, like October, November, and I registered, but I did not attend at that point. Okay. I wasn't ready to attend yet. Have you? Uh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, you know, I think. And I waited to be ready. Like I, I was on the road at that point and I was not, I hadn't, I did not take the engagement with myself to do it. So I, you know, I, jo I joined your channel, but didn't do it. And then this year I did, I, I did take the engagement. I came back in Quebec. I came back from Quebec at the end of December. And it's like, it was a, an engagement I took with myself to, uh, to do this. Mm -hmm. This is a question for you and anybody else too, like Joanne or others, Mintu and other people who are joining here in Zoom and other places. Are there certain obstacles or challenges that you're seeing as part of the program that you would like some thoughts on or help with? Is there something that isn't going quite well for you that you might need some help with at this point? You know, I'm still, um, some of the concepts, I'm still trying to get my head around it. Um, you know, I, I read the, the answers, I, I, I read the question and the answers in the group on Facebook and some of it, um, I'm really struggling with how to get there. And I'm, I'm also some of the question that you're being asked, um, I think it's Tonka, if I remember correctly, that asked about her feeling toward her grandchild. I think it's Tonka. Um, and I, you know, because obviously there's attachment and I don't, I don't understand how, to, how one can come back and not feel attached to their grandchild. Like, I, like um, same with uh, someone with her, her wife or, you know, wife, husband. It's difficult for me to understand the, how it works to be able to not be attached and not miss and the, the, that concept of love, but it's very difficult. That, that part is very difficult to me. Yeah, when we get to chapter 15, we're gonna talk about true love, love without attachment. Yeah. <clears throat> so you'll understand more about that. And, but at any point, if a student is interested in exploring that, like because that chapter isn't for another 13 weeks, because now yeah. we're in chapter two. If you were interested to learn that before that, mm -hmm. you can always reach out to me. You can always read that chapter ahead of time. You can mm -hmm. schedule personal guidance. So sometimes students have space in their life and they would like to explore certain topics. Yeah. So you're welcome to do that because that particular topic of learning how to love without attachment, it's quite a big topic to wrap the mind around because we're not used to that. We're, we're used to our parents and grandparents and brothers and sisters and any relationships we've been into. We're used to attachment in relationship and we're misunderstanding this. So even though you might read it in the book, even though you might hear me teach it in a class, it's going to take more than once to understand it. And then it's going to take more time to actually practice it 
as well and get used to practicing that. So you can really approach that at any time, but just know that when we get to chapter 15, that's when we'll discuss that. And you can really explore that at any point that you'd like, but that's where in the program we'll get to it. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. But... Um um, so aside from that, I'm just trying to work on my thoughts because um, I can be a, a, a bitchy person. Mm. Can I say this? A bitchy person. So I'm re towards towards in my head towards others. You know, not not loudly or. So I'm really working on on my thoughts and the way I react to people and people acting. So it's a bit like Joey was saying. So, you know, I, I see something and I was like you just got to be kidding and I'm trying to restrain from these thoughts and just be more kind to people basically in my head instead of uh, the opposite so I've decided to focus on that and on meditation at this point that's wonderful Nadia just being more kind inside your mind that's like a, a good transformation yeah. there and picking up on something that we were just talking about you know as you're learning how to love without attachment or even what attachment is or how to meditate and all these things all of these things don't come natural to someone who hasn't grown up in these kind of teachings and the whole reason why we struggle in the world in the unenlightened state is because we don't understand what we don't understand so you feeling like I don't quite understand how I can love my or a person could love their grandchildren without attachment. That's normal. That's normal for someone to not understand how to do that because we just haven't been exposed to it and knowing how to do that. And I imagine you're going to encounter multiple topics like that as you go through this program and other programs and you learn the Buddhist teachings that there'll be a lot of things that you just don't understand and it you can't quite figure it out and you just kind of have to chip away at it and chip away at it and learn it and understand it and bring the mind up to being able to understand that and practice that more and more readily. So this is pretty common because that's where the challenge comes in. That's where that inner work is happening is the mind's trying to figure out, well, how do I love my grandchild in the same way that I love my ex-husband, you know, because we associate love very differently. Like, how can I still love my ex-husband? Aren't, aren't I supposed to get rid of all those feelings? And that's what we're typically taught. But that's also what leads to a lot of conflict in our life, because in relationships where we have an ex-spouse, oftentimes we're taught that we're supposed to hate our ex-spouse and we're not supposed to get along and we're supposed to be vindictive and resentful and we're supposed to you know ignore them when we go to mutual events where we're both at participating with our child or something like that but always keep in mind that this better way of life that the buddha has shared with us it's going to be oftentimes very different than what we're doing now and that's why it's so helpful and so impactful and that's why it works and it is a challenge for the mind to understand that because we're so used to doing things in another way but as you work through those challenges to understand and you practice further and further towards the path to enlightenment and what an enlightened being practices you'll see the improvements to the way the mind is thinking and processing the world around it and where you're starting now and just trying to be more kind within your own mind to other people that's wonderful because you weren't doing that before and now you are so that's outstanding thank you mm -hmm. you're welcome thank you for sharing and talking and getting a chance to know you because i haven't met you before either just like joanne i haven't no. met you before so nice to meet you
Nice to meet you as well. Mm-hmm. And thank you for everything, really. Yeah, you're welcome. Pleased to, to help all of you guys. You're always welcome to reach out and get help. And one other thing I was going to mention about things that you read in the Facebook group and you and others as well is remember that the students who are studying with me, people are studying for different lengths of time. And sometimes people might ask a question that they've been studying for three or four years and you might read that and you don't understand it. And you might not need to understand that at that particular time. So don't feel like you have to understand every single thing that you come across in the Facebook group or other places, but always keep in mind that you're on your own independent journey and whatever it is that you have in front of you now, that's what you would like to understand. And while the questions that are asked in the Facebook group oftentimes are applicable to multiple people, and you can learn a lot from reading other people's questions and the answers I share, don't feel like you're going to necessarily be ready to understand every single answer to every single question because people are studying it. They're at different places in their practice mm-hmm. and they're going to have different questions that might not be something that you're ready to understand or interested to understand at this point. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I don't see any other hands raised, so I thought maybe I would take this time to um, share another example of how the path of the Buddha has really helped our life. Is that is that okay? Sure, you guys can share. This is our discussion. It's, we're sitting around a round table and everybody's just having a discussion. Or, or yeah, maybe we so should cool. say we're all sitting on cushions on the floor in a circle. That, that maybe sounds better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, when starting working with you, Teacher David, um, there was so much craving and anger in in our lives and um, talking about ex-spouses just made it come to the mind that was something just that a really big benefit of learning these teachings that I could share. Um, in the beginning of learning this, my ex-husband and I were, I mean, he kept taking me to court. There were so many cravings. Um, over like this, these kids are mine, no, they're mine, this is my time, no, this is my time. Um, it was just argument and anger. Um, and I would um, have no direction and no way of um, solving it until I started working with you directly, Teacher David, and um, explaining the situation. I spent many hours with you at one point and after lots of work um, we still struggle but now we are to the point um, where just um, a couple weeks ago he lives in a different town but not too far he was in town and he can just have the ability to call me up and say hey I'm in town can I come see the kids and he'll just come to our house and hang out with the kids and sit at our dinner table and do homework with them. Um, and it it's different than what the world around us would practice and the, what the world around us would do. Um, but it's so nice for the kids to see and be able to do. Um, on Christmas time, we were able to all go to church together as a family. And that was my middle boy. That was the one thing that he wanted you know, for Christmas. And um, it's nice for them to be able to have us 
be able to be peaceful and get along together. And um, now we're making our own parenting time agreements where we are doing what works for us and what's best for the kids. Um, where last summer we weren't at that point. Um, where we're, we're both not happy all of the time, but happiness isn't permanent. And I understand that now. Um, and we're not, I'm not trying to control everything where I think there was a lot of before I was trying to control to feel safe. And now um, they're able to go with their dad when it's my weekend, my weekend. <laughs> if they're interested in doing that and that gives me the ability to work a bit more and help with these classes so mm -hmm. and work on the attachment to the kids <laughs> yeah would you like to talk about that a little bit about your experience with that i can yeah um there's still very much attachment nadia you had you had asked about love without attachment and I still haven't quite wrapped the brain around that yet, um, but um, talking about last summer, having the kids being gone for two weeks at a time, had me in the bed sobbing, unable to eat, unable to do anything, calling teacher David, I don't think I can do this. <laughs> um, and I did it. Um, we did it. We, we all did it. It was hard. It wasn't easy, but the meditation helped. Um, and having that to go to, it's, you know, the one thing that brings comfort, um, that I only need the breath. Um, there's still attachment. Um, <laughs> and lots of work to be done, but I definitely see progress very good yeah and when they go away for two weeks with their father are you still sobbing in the bed <laughs> no no okay <laughs> no no i um sometimes i look forward to it the time to be able it's hard to find the time as a mom to practice meditating every day um although i've been learning and practicing with you for a while i haven't gotten to where I practice even two meditations a day on a regular basis. Um, I, but I don't count if it's not like more than 10 minutes, I don't even count it as a meditation. Um, there's effort, but um, I don't find the benefit in the shorter meditations as I do where it's a bit longer anymore. Um, where when they're gone, I can do that a bit more. I can read more. Yeah, so the way that these attachments are, like, you know, when there's this spectrum, you know, sometimes we think it's either on or off, like black or white. But the stronger the craving is, the more intense the discontentedness is. So at one time, you had a much stronger craving and attachment to your children. And that's why you ended up sobbing and feeling miserable and sick to your stomach in the bed when they would go away because you had a much stronger attachment. And now through meditating and other practices, you've reduced your attachment. So you've reduced the amount of discontentedness that you experience related to your children. There's still discontentedness because there's still an attachment, but there's 
not as much of an attachment as there was in the past. And that's why you're experiencing more peacefulness in some situations related to your children. And as you eliminate more and more of that attachment and you learn how to love and still have care and love and support in a relationship without this attachment, then that's where you'll get to complete peacefulness. And it takes a while, you know, oftentimes children are our deepest attachments, our life partners, our parents, our siblings, the people that are closest to us like that, those are the most challenging attachments to eliminate because they're so deeply rooted. And just like you start getting glimpses of enlightenment as you get closer and closer to enlightenment, you start seeing more and more peacefulness come into the mind and this period gets longer and longer. It's like the light bulb flickering. It's the same thing when craving is diminishing, it kind of is like a candle going out where it'll flicker, it'll flicker, it'll flicker, 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 and then it'll go out, right, over time. So this is what you'll experience with, like if you're choosing to go from from eating meat to not eating meat, you know, you'll, you'll choose to do that for a while, but then, ah, you just would like to have that sausage or you'd like to have this. Or if you're smoking, you know, you'll go a period of time without smoking, then you'll smoke for a couple of cigarettes and then you'll go back to not smoking for a while or things like this. So the cravings and the attachments will gradually diminish, just like the qualities of the enlightened mind will gradually increase as you practice the teachings and train the mind more and more. So this is normal and this is an indication that things are working because you're seeing less discontentedness associated with certain attachments that you've had. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's also helped with um, experiencing less discontentedness when things are not running smoothly in the home, when there's um, frustration like between the child in me like it doesn't I don't take it to heart as much like I still love him I still love you know um but when they're frustrated and you're so mean mom um that doesn't hurt as much because there isn't there's the love there but there isn't the attachment um so I can see where it is more of a helpful kind of love than the love with attachment yeah oftentimes we think that love for a child is giving them everything they want and we realize when we learn these teachings that giving someone everything they want isn't solving the problem because their wants just increase and they get more and more deep and then you know if our children say things like that you know like what you just mentioned oftentimes that's an indication that you're doing things well because as you're trying to help them let go of their cravings and they have wrong view they're going to associate the painful feelings they're having from not playing PlayStation or Xbox or Nintendo Switch or whatever. Those painful feelings that they're having by not doing those things because of their cravings, they're going to associate it with you. And, oh, you're the most horrible mom ever. You know, you know, that's because they're having those painful feelings and they're associating that with you and they are having wrong view. And it's not until they understand more that, no, mom's actually doing the best thing possible for you, but they don't necessarily know that right now, and they don't necessarily need to know that right now because they're in the process of learning too. So as you see that having less attachment to your children, it allows you to make better decisions about what's really truly helping them, where without the wisdom of these teachings, we think helping them is you know maybe killing ourselves at work, 
making as much money as we can, loading up the Christmas tree and giving them as many presents as we can. And that's our love. But we realize like, uh, yeah, that's not sustainable. That's not what is going to lead to a peaceful life. And we can see the truth for that for ourselves as we gradually transition to this other way of life, this better way of life to live life differently. But it's a challenge because we've done things like this and people have done things in the unenlightened way around us for so much that we're so used to doing things those ways. But yet when it's not working, we don't know the answers of how to make it better. And it's the Buddhist teachings that he's giving us the guidance and the wisdom of how to make things better. And then as we do those things and we see that they're working, this is where our confidence increases that, yes, this is working. We're on the right path. We're doing things better because we're seeing things get better in our home and in our own mind. We see things getting better. So this is the evidence that we have to build our confidence that, yes, this is working. It's a struggle. It's a challenge. It doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come easy, but it's all working towards a better and better improvements in our life. Right. Thank you, sir. Yeah, you're welcome. We have a few hand raised. Um, it looks like Max has his hand raised again. Let's go to him. Thank you. Uh, so I to kind of add on to what Chris was uh, talking about, I'm on my second marriage. And from my first marriage, I have a 14-year-old son. And um, he's getting to the point where he can kind of decide what he wants to do or whatnot. And, you know, on days that I normally have him once in a while, he'll, you know, send me a text message. Hey, there's this new video game that came out or whatever. And can I stay with my mom or whatever? And it's, and I it's like, yep, that's fine. You know? And so I've definitely been able to work on that instead of craving and uh, clinging on to wanting him to come over and, you know, and instead of saying, you know, you know, you got to come over, you know, just, you know, let him choose and whatnot. <clears throat> and uh, so besides that, so I, I've been, I'm on my second marriage and my wife and I have been married for 12 years, uh, but we've been separated for probably getting near uh, a year and a half or so. Uh, and um there's, yeah, I guess, I don't know. There's a lot with that or whatnot. Um, but, you know, with our almost four-year-old twins, you know, I've been able to, you know, there's there's like no fighting with between my wife and I with them. You know, if she wants to come over and hang out, you know, I'll make her dinner or whatever, and we'll have dinner as a family. Um, and if, you know, she says, Hey, I'm going to pick up the kids from daycare and, uh, I'm going to take them to my apartment and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's been, you know, much easier to just, um, instead of going with the flow and holding a grudge, you know, there's, you know, minimal, I'll, I'll say minimal attachment, um, so that I'm, you know, content with her taking them and, you know, I'll, I'll see them later or whatever. And so it's, yeah, just being able to work on attachment with, uh, you know, your kids. And then, you know, also I'm having to work on my attachment with my wife and 
you know, when are we going to go to counseling or when are we, you know, when can we work on our marriage or whatever? And she's still, you know, kind of going through some stuff or whatever. So, uh, it, so life is a struggle and relationships are a struggle. And then, you know, just being able to, you know, work on that attachment and, you know, let things go is, has been easier, um, following this path. So. Good, Max. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you, sir. Yeah, you're welcome. Pleased to help you. Thank you. Um, we have another hand raised. I'm going to try to say your name, and if I say it wrong, I apologize. Um, his name is Khaldun. Did I say that right? Khaldun, is, it sounds like your internet connection isn't so clear right now. We're just hearing a little bit of a, a muffle. Yeah, we see your lips moving and we see your, your wonderful smile, but we can't hear you. I, I apologize. It looks like there's some impermanence with the Internet right now. I'm not sure if there's another place that you can move to get a better signal or if it's the signal coming out of the country where you're at. But we're not hearing you. Yeah, I, I apologize, Caldon. We can't hear you. I know yesterday when you were in class, it was a little spotty like this and then a few minutes later it cleared up and we were able to hear you yeah I, I i can hear you speaking but it's just really muffled it's not coming out clear for anybody to be able to understand well, maybe while he fixes that we could go to marcy it looks like she has her hand raised is that acceptable that sounds like a great plan. Caldon, we're going to go to Marcy, let Marcy share, and then maybe your internet connection can clear up, or maybe there's some setting on your side that you can tweak and it'll allow us to be able to hear you. Cody Pop. Hello, Teacher David, Chrissy, and everyone. So um, I've been studying with Teacher David for a little while, but um, I kind of I mean, kind of like a rough spot right now. And um, I'm going to share and Teacher David you know, if you think it's something that's appropriate to kind of do now, we'll do it. If not, I'll, I have a session with you later. But part of what I want to share is about the actual true uh, struggle. And, you know, Teacher David explained to me, you know, how that you fall back and then you come up and then you fall back and you come up and then eventually it kind of gets shorter and shorter. And um, I would say that right now I'm at a point where I'm really struggling with trying to maintain um, practicing Buddha's teachings. Um, and uh, I realized I let myself yesterday be very negative. I let myself be very negative today uh, to the point where I was like giving up. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not practicing loving kindness. I'm, you know, I'm going to revert back to the old Marcy. I'm going to teach these people a lesson. I'm going to teach them what it is to really know what it is to see the bitch in Marcy. And that's literally where I was at. And even this morning, I was really feeling it. And um, for whatever reason, I don't know why or how it happened. But when I got on Facebook, Teacher David had posted something about perception, about the way we see things, the way we perceive stuff like, you know, we don't know what goes on in other people's minds. We don't, we don't know what they're thinking. All we really know is how we uh, act ourselves and how we behave ourselves. And it kind of hit me like, you know, Marcy, you have been through so many challenges in life and you've struggled with so many things and 
you've taken these steps to practice this way with these teachings and seeking out guidance. And it had made such an impact on my life. I went from taking about, I don't know, about 14 different pills a day uh, just to be able to function um, from night terrors, uh, just severe anxiety, hiding in my house to be able to working a full-time job and being called an all-star employee and having all these opportunities. And you're going to, and I, and I was at a point where I was going to allow a, a situation that took place, wipe that all out. And I realized that this is that, that downward part. And I have two choices. I can succumb to it and let it go and fall back and let it just, you know, turn and revert back, or I can apply that effort, that dedication, the teacher Diva talks about that Gautama Buddha taught, like it's, it's an effort, it's a struggle, it's not an easy fix, it's not a quick fix, it's something that you really have to apply effort and energy to, and here I am, I logged on late, you know, with a sour attitude after reading, and then, you know, realized after reading that post that you know, Marcy, your perception, you're not an enlightened being. So you still have a mind that's not understanding all of true reality. And here you're trying to make decisions about your life on untrue reality. And your best bet right now is to get online, put the effort, put the dedication, sit down and be amongst like-minded practitioners and, 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 and do what's best for not only myself, but all of humanity. And that's to try to continue to practice Gautama Buddha's teachings. There's my share. Yes. Uh, okay, Marcy. So um, I know a lot more about what's going on because you've shared with me, but you know, you're sharing a little bit of that publicly. You're welcome to share as much as you like, but this is what we experience as we're making our way to enlightenment is we experience these struggles and these challenges and things can be going really great and wonderful and seems like everything's miraculous and oh my goodness these teachings are so great and then you hit a couple of obstacles and the mind's like no i don't want to do this i want to go back to the old way that i used to do things this is very common but just understand that that period is temporary that whatever situation you're experiencing it's impermanent it's a matter of gaining the wisdom that you need to overcome it. And now you can overcome those obstacles and you can make better decisions. But going back to the old way we used to do things is to go back to the anger and the hatred and the frustration and the difficulties and the problems and all that stuff. So you've seen enough progress in your practice and in your life that you know these teachings are working. And there's going to be tests, so to speak, along the way where people are going to test you. How dedicated are you to this, Marcy? You know, I'm going to be angry and frustrated to you and I'm going to try to have all this ego against you and try to knock you down. Not me, but somebody in your life is going to try to do that. And it's testing your will. It's testing your resolve. You know, are you really interested in becoming this better and better person that you're aspiring to become? Or are you just going to go back to what you did before? So think about it like a test, like this is a test of your resolve and whether or not you're truly going to keep making your way towards practicing as an enlightened being. Yes. And it, it, it has been extremely challenging. Um, I, I pretty much have been removed from a, an opportunity that was given 
And the reason given to me was that I was too good at my job. And if I stayed where I was, everybody there was going to quit and walk out. So I ended up being removed from the environment. And, uh, you know, I haven't cried in very long and I feel myself on the verge of tears right now, but like, like I cried, like yesterday I cried, I, the, the, the physical pain in my chest, I could feel, um, and I just really felt defeated. Mm-hmm. But, um, in, in hindsight, in, 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 you know, really, you know, looking at that, you know, perception post that teacher David posted, you know, really just said to me, Marcy, you've done so much work and you've gained all this wisdom. Even, even if you tried to apply the, the effort of going back and reverting to being that bitch, it's not, you're not going to be successful at it because you've already gained so much wisdom. You already know it doesn't work. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you're, you already know that ultimately in the end, it's going to not end well for anyone. You know, you're, it's not going to be, it's not going to be what you expect and and you're going to feel worse about it. Like, you know what I mean? I I really was like envisioning plotting against these people in a sense, like, you know, yeah, you really want to treat me like crap like this. Well, you haven't seen anything yet because I am going to blow your world up. And I know in the end of that, I'm going to feel a thousand times worse. I'm going to create all kinds of havoc in other people's lives and affect all kinds of other people. And deep down inside, I know, from the wisdom I gained by not practicing love and kindness, it's just going to create this, this deeper, darker place. And I don't, and, I, and that's not what I want. That's not what I, well, that's not what I'm interested in <laughs> teaching David mm-hmm. my wants. Um, that's what I'm not interested in. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in seeing all humans be well. I'm interested in seeing a, a better world for, for children and animals and stuff. And nobody is stomping out this light. I'm, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep at it. Yeah, and there's other options out there, right? Like this opportunity that you were headed towards, you probably had a certain amount of craving and going towards that. And whenever you're functioning through craving, it's going to produce unwholesome results. So this was an opportunity, but it's not the only opportunity of things that you can do that are going to be wonderful for you in life. So sometimes the mind gets so hung up on this is the one thing that I want so badly and I'm going to push and push and push towards this thing and then when it doesn't work out then we feel you know worthless or withdrawn or helpless or it was all worthless or whatever but when you realize like no that's just one opportunity there's other things that i can do in the world that's not the only thing so as long as you're learning in the process right like there's no such thing as failure that if your goal is to acquire wisdom and you understand that that's the real goal in life is to acquire wisdom and acquiring wisdom is what's going to lead to better and better results in the future, then whatever you experience in this situation of headed towards this opportunity, even though it didn't ultimately come to fruition, you gained some wisdom along the way. And that is what the real takeaways are. That's the real treasure that you're getting out of this whole experience. The mind might have been thinking like, if I get to the top of this company and I become this manager and I'm running this store really, really well, like that's what I really want out of all of this. But if you realize that your real goal is to acquire wisdom and whatever you did headed in that direction, you acquired wisdom. So now you are smarter and wiser and able to do things better, even though the ultimate fruition of what you envisioned didn't come to be 
you still gained wisdom and that's the ultimate goal for all of this. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Teacher David, thank yeah. you all for, for listening. Yeah, you're welcome. It looks like um, Khaldun shared in the chat. Um, so I'll go ahead and I'll read that. Um, he wrote, I'm 29 years from Sudan, Khartoum city. I came across these teachings with David for more than one month by now. From spiritual background, I used to get bored quickly and feel like nothing in the world satisfies me. I was searching for answers in my life, questioning my existence and purpose in life. And I found that these teachings are so true, especially the craving attachments, desires, desire thing. And like, this is the path I'm searching for my entire life. I would like to thank everyone here and Teacher David. You are a very good example for these teachings. Wonderful, Kaudon. Thank you for sharing. I think that's great that you put that into the comment section so that we could learn about you. You know, maybe in the future, the internet connection will be working a little bit better and we can hear from you in this particular class because we've heard from you in other classes. So thank you for sharing and sharing a bit about your background. Yes, thank you. And it looks like Tonka has her hand raised. Thank you, Chrissy. Actually, this would be a question for teacher David, because I was just noticing my mind uh, doing something as people were sharing, for example, Chrissy, I'm like, yeah, I know, being a single mom, yeah, yeah, I've been there, done that. Then Joanne being a spiritual seeker for years. Yeah, yeah, you know, I can relate. Then Joe mentioned his partner is from Bosnia, and I'm like, oh, yeah, hi. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Nadja, she's from Quebec. Yeah, I lived in Sherbrooke. I just find how uh, my mind uh, uh, relates to people's stories. And I'm wondering, is this an ego? Is this beneficial or is it just a, a human tendency or I just wonder, is it, uh, is it ego or is it something that uh, may be beneficial or not and how to relate to it because I just noticed it now. I see. So the ego is when the mind is trying to be arrogant and prideful and judging others, trying to measure and compare them and put yourself above others and put yourself below others. This is what the ego tends to do. What you're describing isn't that. You're just relating to what other people are sharing and hearing something in their story that's similar to yours. So it doesn't sound like it's ego to me. That's a very normal thing that when people share, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with Quebec or, oh, yeah, you know, I'm interested in that, too. You know, this is the connections that we establish when we share and have discussion. The ego would be putting yourself above or below people, judging others, saying, you know, they're bad, they're good, they're wholesome, they're unwholesome, thinking negatively about others or looking down on them, putting yourself above or below people. That's what the ego will tend to do. And it's coming from that fetter of conceit or the arrogance and the pride that's in the mind. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that, Teacher David. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. 
Is there anyone else who would like to share either on Facebook, YouTube, or in Zoom? You guys can put that in the comments section or you can raise your hand electronically and share it here in the class. It doesn't appear that there's any other hands raised. Okay. Well, let me share this little bit with you about the Buddhist teachings related to the topic that we're discussing today, which is why study Gautama Buddha's teachings. Gautama Buddha, at multiple times in his teachings, he shares about, you know, what did I teach? He reminds his students, he asks them the question, you know, what did I teach? And he says, you know, what I taught is what is discontentedness, the cause of discontentedness, the elimination of discontentedness, and the path forward. That's what he taught. He's teaching the natural laws of existence to help you eliminate discontentedness. During the lifetime of the Buddha, if somebody was to study with him and become a student of his, they were studying with him to eliminate discontentedness. That's the only reason. Nowadays, people might choose to become ordained or study the teachings of the Buddha for any number of situations or any number of reasons. But the content that the Buddha taught in his teachings are all about how to eliminate discontent feelings. All that sadness, anger, frustration, irritation, annoyance, guilt, shame, fear, boredom, loneliness, shyness, resentment, jealousy, displeasure, grief, even the slightest uncomfortableness in the mind, that's what he taught, is how to eliminate this. And there's various teachings that he needed to share in order to help somebody understand how to eliminate it, but it really all boils down to that. Somebody who's on the path to enlightenment is interested in eliminating discontent feelings and by doing so we need to eliminate certain pollutions in the mind and understand what those pollutions are and how to eliminate them and as we're doing this our personal and professional relationships improve we experience more focus concentration clarity of mind deep memory we experience peacefulness and joy in the mind these are all the results of eliminating discontentedness. But if you look at the core of what the Buddha taught and what he says repeatedly that he did teach, it's what is discontentedness, what is the cause, what is the elimination, and what is the path of how to eliminate that discontentedness. So if that's what you're interested in and that's what it is that you're interested in accomplishing and as a result of eliminating this discontentedness, you're improving your personal and professional relationships and experiencing these better qualities of mind, this better quality of life, then you're absolutely in the right place because who's really truly interested in living with anger and sadness and frustration and all these other discontent feelings? If you guys saw the movie The Matrix where one of the main characters is like, okay, there's this red pill and there's this blue pill, you know, which pill would you like to take? Or if I was saying, okay, here's a button to press where you can keep your anger, your frustration, and all those other discontent feelings, or you can push this button where all that stuff magically disappears. You know, what button would you push? Would you push the button where you stay with grief and despair and, and uncomfortableness and displeasure? Or would you press the button where you can eliminate these discontent feelings? Well, of course, I think the vast majority of us would say, you know, well, we'd like to press that button to eliminate these discontent feelings. Where is that button? Right. And of course, there is no button that you can press to instantly eliminate these 
discontent feelings. But if you were interested to press that button, then you're walking down that path of understanding the teachings that lead to this enlightened mental state where you can eliminate the pollution of mind and experience more and more peace and more and more joy. And understand that it's a gradual progression. Oftentimes we put pressure on ourselves or we put expectations on ourselves to be better today. And we absolutely want that thing today because the mind's number one problem that it's experiencing that's causing these discontent feelings are this craving, desire, attachment, this anger, this hatred, this ill will, this ignorance and unknowing of true reality. What is causing the discontent feelings is the craving, desire, attachment. I want that now. I want it my way. So when we come to this path to enlightenment and we learn about this peace and this joy in the enlightened mind, oftentimes the unenlightened mind wants that too. And it starts craving that. And when you're in the process of transforming your mind six months, a year, two years into this, you can experience where the mind's longing and yearning for enlightenment itself. And this can cause discontentedness in the mind. So it's helpful to understand that, yes, you're going to be discontent for a while. You're going to experience this for several years. But what you should notice over time, as some of you guys are already sharing, is you should notice this gradual diminishing. And if you're noticing that gradual diminishing, you're walking in the right direction. I've had some students that have taken retreats with me that even within two days of studying, of learning the teachings of the Buddha, they will come to class and they will say, you know, I got an email this morning that in the past would have just shaken me up and I would have been so angry and frustrated with this email. But studying in this retreat for the last two days, I got that email and I understood it and I maintained my peacefulness. This is amazing that I was able to do that in just learning for two days. So if you're observing even these slight improvements, then you're walking in the right direction. You'll just need to exercise patience and be slowly working towards the improvement. You're going to have things that test you along the way. They're going to test your resolve. How dedicated are you? How diligent are you? Your ego might be interested to arise and think that you're smarter than everyone else, or you're smarter than your teacher, or you're smarter than your boss or other people. And the ego is going to be in there playing tricks on you. Your cravings are going to be in there trying to sabotage what it is that you're doing. And there's all these different things that you're going to encounter. But that's where you are able to come to class. You're able to pick up a book. You're able to meditate. You're able to seek personal guidance by scheduling appointments and things like this. And you can reach out for help, not just with me, but other members of the community. And that's one of the benefits of having these kind of open discussions where you get to meet different people and maybe you choose to friend each other or private message each other and reach out for support when you need help in different situations. So understand that this transformation of the mind, it's not easy, but it's also not difficult either. We tend to make it more difficult because of the cravings, because of the craving to be peaceful right now, the mind isn't comfortable with, yeah, you're going to feel frustrated for a little while. Uh, You're going to feel displeasure. You're going to feel uncomfortable. This is normal. This is par for the course. But if you're seeing some improvement, then you're walking in the right direction. And if you're not seeing improvement as you progress in these teachings, that's where you'd like to reach out and get help and discuss some of the things that you're challenged with and some of the obstacles that you're experiencing. And that's where you're welcome to do that through asking questions in class, posting things in Facebook, sending private messages or scheduling some personal discussions with me. You're always welcome to do that. So this path, there's no finish line. It's not where 
like there's a ribbon across the road and you're running and you're going to cross the ribbon and like, ah, finally I'm enlightened. I can finally, uh, you know, do nothing, you know, or whatever, or, you know, ah, I can go soak in my whirlpool or I can go, uh, I don't have a whirlpool, but, <laughs> you know, just giving some kind of imagination of after you've run maybe a marathon, you might feel like you've crossed the finish line and there's a trophy that comes out or, you know, you can go soak in your whirlpool or something like this. But this path to enlightenment, there is no finish line. It's better to not think of it as a finish line. You will get to a point where it's been one year, two years, three years or longer, and you haven't experienced any discontentedness. If you get to enlightenment, you'll observe that about the mind. But you would have cultivated so much wisdom and you would have gotten in the habit of appreciating wisdom and cultivating wisdom to be able to get to that point where your mind is peaceful and joyful. And it's been one year, two years, three years that you haven't experienced any discontentedness. That now cultivation of wisdom is kind of part of what you do as a person. You might not be experiencing any discontentedness anymore as an enlightened being, but there's so much more wisdom out there that you can cultivate about the world and about certain things in the world. So if you just create in the mind that yes, this is a life practice and I'm going to be developing this life practice for the rest of this life. And even when I get to the point where I see that there's one, two, three years of no discontentedness, I'm still going to be practicing these teachings, but it's going to be effortless for me at that point. It's going to be so easy and straightforward because you will have met all those obstacles and all those struggles and overcome them. And then there's all this other wisdom that if you've spent two years, three years, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, however long it takes you to get to enlightenment, it's just a blink of an eye compared to our past. You know, if we've been in existence for many, many, many countless births in the past, even if it takes you 20 years to get to enlightenment, that's a blink of an eye compared to what we've experienced in the past, all the different miseries and difficulties we've experienced in countless lives, that's a blink of an eye. So even when you get to that point where there's no discontentedness in the mind, you will have cultivated and made part of your normal life cultivating wisdom so much that there's so many other things out there for you to cultivate wisdom about. I even spend time, you know, thinking about how I share the teachings and how can I say that better and how could I offer some advice to this student in a better way and all of these different things. So you're always looking to do some inner improvement, even when the mind isn't experiencing discontentedness anymore. Essentially what you've created in order to get to that point is this lifestyle of looking in and doing this inner improvement. And when you get to enlightenment and you're no longer experiencing discontentedness, you're not going to just stop doing that because that's what led to so many great improvements in your life. You're going to always be looking at like, well, how could I have said that differently? Or how could I have done that in a better way? Not beating yourself up about what you did do, but instead just looking at how can I make that even better than it was previously? So you're kind of tweaking these dials more and more and more and kind of dialing in your life practice more and more and just stay committed to that. Be patient with that and know that it's going to be a journey and it's going to take some time and there's plenty of support for you to help you that you know you're part of a community and the buddha talks about this that in order to get to enlightenment you would need to be part of a community because you wouldn't be able to be out there on your own figuring all this out so where you're struggling you're having challenges you need help or you just feel like there's another thing that you would like to learn and grow with reach out for help that's what i'm here for that's what other people are here for everybody's 
working through different challenges and where one person might have overcome a certain challenge, you might be facing that challenge and they can help you with that. And where you've overcome certain challenges, you might be able to help somebody else. And this is a great way to start getting familiar with the people that are part of this community. And you can see each other in Facebook and the retreats that I do in different places and that you guys invite me to come teach at. So I'd like to thank all of you guys for learning up to this point over the last six weeks And this is a great time to start to get to know each other. And from this point forward, we're going to move into the rest of the book. And we're now going to get into the real heart of this book, starting with chapter three next week, which is titled Enlightenment. What is Enlightenment? Which I've discussed a little bit here and there as we've gone through the classes. But now we're going to spend an entire class session just talking about enlightenment because If you're going to go on this journey to reach a certain destination, even though we don't think about enlightenment as a destination, but if you were going to do that, travel from one city to the other, you'd like to know a little bit about that city to know, you know, what it's like, you know, what kind of parks do they have? What kind of buildings do they have? What kind of activities are there to even be interested to maybe even go to this new city? And then you're going to need a map of how to get to that city. So the core chapters in this book are chapters 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. These are some of the real core teachings of the path to enlightenment. And that's what we're going to be moving towards starting next week is learning the chapter 3, enlightenment, what is enlightenment. And then we're going to spend the next class after that in chapter 4, The Four Noble Truths and Understanding, Establishing Right View and just one class on that. And then we're going to spend one class in Chapter 5, which is the Eightfold Path and understanding that even though we did three individual classes on that, you know, three weeks from now, we're going to be studying that again to really be sure that you guys get a chance to now go through that and understand it because you've been introduced to it and you've learned it to a certain degree and maybe you've been practicing it a little bit now, but now it's an opportunity three weeks from now to learn it again and get more questions answered and more detail about that. And as we progress, there's going to be chapter after chapter that's going to help you deepen your understanding. But you shouldn't feel like you need to be perfect in these teachings right from the beginning because it's not possible for you to do that. There's nobody that can learn the Eightfold Path and then tomorrow they're practicing it perfectly. This isn't how these teachings work at all. It's gradual training, gradual practice, and gradual progress. And then remember there's the Wednesdays where I'm teaching meditation and chanting and things like this. And you can get all of these classes through the replays if you end up missing class for any reason due to impermanence. Of course, there's the recordings on Facebook, YouTube, and the podcast that you're able to digest these teachings at another time that's more convenient for you. So I noticed Joe has a hand up, and I noticed that there's some uh, chat going on in, in Zoom. Perhaps I should turn things back over to you guys to see if there's additional questions that have come up. Yes, I think in chat we're all just saying thank you and so much love. It's wonderful to see if you can look back at that. Um, no questions. Um, and Joe does have his hand raised. Hi. Um, this may be, I may need to take this, you know, offline or Facebook or private. I'm not sure. Um, just feel free to please tell me. Uh, I just had a, a thing at work um, happen the other day, and it's not really related, I guess, to our conversation of getting to know each other and today. So it's 
that's not too in depth. I just, you know, thought I'd ask it. It's been on my mind for the weekend. Yeah, if you'd like to share it, go for it. Okay. Um, it was just simply a not a coworker, but someone that works for the company I work for, and I run into them, you know, once a month maybe. Um, and well, they uh, the convers they made a, a lot of racist comments um, during the day, and it it really threw me off. Um, I hadn't run into this in a while. Um, I mean, I'm a construction worker, I'm a carpenter, you know, so I've seen and heard some things, but it's been a long time, and. I don't know. It really stuck with me over the weekend. It's like, can I work here? You know, can I, you know, I can't sort of be around this. Um, but at the same time, I'm in a new area. I, my pay is well, you know, well above average for this area. And I don't have to work with this person all the time, but it just, you know, I don't know. It, it bothered me. I don't know how to deal with that. What's important to understand with this, Joe, is that when somebody else is saying anything, whether it's racist or otherwise, those words are affecting them, right? Like their speech is affecting them. If your mind has a craving to only hear certain things, then the mind is being affected by it. But in terms of this person being racist, their racism that's in their mind, their hatred, their anger, it's affecting them. We can choose to not be affected by that. But if this person was perhaps being racist towards you or they were a supervisor or their hatred is impacting your life, that's where you would like to kind of look at whether or not it makes sense for you to continue in that type of situation. But if it's just words that they said and you're not working with them very frequently, they're not even a coworker, their decisions aren't directly affecting the work that you do in your life, then perhaps you're able to just get to the point where you're training your mind to not be affected by the things that they're saying and the things that they're doing. Because you know the world's not gonna function in a way where every single person is practicing right speech. And if we have the expectation that they are, not that you do have that expectation, but if we do have that expectation, it's going to cause you discontentedness in your mind. So understanding that somebody else's comments and speech and actions are affecting them, and you would like to look at the decisions you're making that are the decisions you're making to associate with this person also allowing their decisions to affect you. And it sounds like that might not be the case because they're not a coworker at all. And this is where knowing more about the situation can be helpful for me to provide you guidance. But ultimately the decision comes down to you of whether you feel that this person is going to impact your work and your ability to be successful with your work. Yeah, it was the sort of thing I was saying that I lived in Prescott and there's these, you know, separate towns around Prescott, one's Prescott Valley, one's Chino Valley, yada, yada, yada. And uh, yeah, we were just talking about living there because I just moved here, you know, I guess six months ago. And he was saying he didn't like these other areas because these certain ethnicities live there. And, um, you know, and I kind of shrugged it off. I'm like, well, you know, I can't really get at that. Um, but yeah, and that was the situation. And and we don't have to, we only cross paths once in a while. Um, but I just feel if I had to work with a person like that, um, and I feel, you know, am I being judgmental right now? You know, I don't know, because uh, I'm saying he's something, you know. Um, 
So if I had to work with them on a daily basis or something, I definitely wouldn't be able to, I don't think, deal with that. But that, I don't know at this point. Um, and like I said, I'm not even sure if that's me being judgmental. Um, yeah. This is where you can look at it and understand like you as a person, you wouldn't choose to say these things and you don't think that way. But you understand yeah. that the world has individuals that do think this way. And that's their choice and that's what they're choosing to do. And they're experiencing the results of that. And when those things come up, you can ignore them by confronting it. Sometimes that person gets hostile and aggressive. You can choose to not work with them, perhaps, if that's something that you would like to do. But of course, that's not solving any uncomfortableness that you're experiencing as a result of what they're saying. The uncomfortableness that you're experiencing is as a result of your cravings, desires, attachments, and wants and expectations. So even if you choose to not work with somebody like that, you still need to eliminate your craving to hear only agreeable things. That's what's going to solve your uncomfortableness. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good <laughs> yeah yeah so you so it all comes down to your decisions right like a teacher is we're not going to yeah. tell you whether to stay in that situation or leave that situation but what we're helping you to see is that any discontentedness that you're experiencing is happening from your own cravings desires attachments and then what you choose to do is is your decisions in those situations thank you yeah you're welcome so I will just wrap things up here. As I mentioned, you know, next week we're going to be in chapter three. Feel free to read that prior to class. You may have already gotten into the established practice of reading either before and or after class. And I typically recommend people read just 10, 15 or 20 minutes a day. Not much more than that because the mind needs to be able to retain the teachings and reflect on them and independently verify them in the world. So if you're taking in, you know, an hour worth of reading in one setting, it's oftentimes hard for the mind to digest that and reflect on it at one time. So oftentimes just 10, 15, 20 minutes of reading is really helpful. And here we're going to go into the teachings and really get into the core of this book in this program starting next week. So Feel free to continue to attend and ask questions and seek guidance and continuing to learn and use all the different resources that are available to you. And as I can help you, just let me know. So thank you all for joining. Thank you all for sharing and participating with each other. Thank you for the moderators. Been nice to get to know all of you guys. And I'm sure there's other people who are learning that I'll get a chance to meet and understand and know further in the future. So we'll see you guys in one of these future classes. Have a very lovely and wonderful rest of your day. Sawadee Thank you for listening to this podcast. To provide support for this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha. To access more teachings, visit buddhadailywisdom.com. There, you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Remember to establish a daily, consistent meditation practice, along with learning and practicing these teachings. A well-developed meditation practice is the foundation in which to train the mind to attain enlightenment.